everyone, it's time for another episode of Geekly Roundup! Yay! Uh, 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 Geekly Roundup, for those of you who are just joining us for the very first time, is a show where three members of the Ace of Geek staff get together and talk about the news articles of the last week that we didn't cover on the website because we just didn't. Don't There's just questions. so much news. So much. So much news. So very much. Uh, so, so very news. Very, very much. Wow. Very news. Um, so welcome uh, to Dogecast. <laughs> oh damn it! That's right. I was gonna start this by saying welcome to RPOK and then saying, oh. cool. <laughs> and I completely forgot to do it. <laughs> that's fine. This is releasing on what? Like April third? You'll be completely out of date by then. <laughs> I'm always out of date. That's yeah. <laughs> oh. <Aww. laughs> Uh, oh, it's okay. If Taker can still get booked at Mania, you're fine. Oh, wrestling Aww. jokes. Welcome to Speaking wrestling of which, cast, everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> happy, happy Mania weekend, fellow Marks. Yes, yes. And at the risk of alienating the rest of our audience, I'll try and restrict that to a brief, like, hey, that's a thing that's going to happen that all three of us on this show are interested in. We definitely shouldn't talk about uh, Shami Zayn versus Shinsuke Nakamura for 20 minutes. No. But my God, that match. Can we talk about it for one? We can talk about it for one. My God, that match. My, my, my God. <laughs> um, that was that was pretty fantastic for having had pretty much like one, like three minutes of build-up. Yeah. Mostly done by William Regal. Yeah. And then they just went out in the ring and literally destroyed each other. Tell you what, we're just it. going to go ahead and just beat each other until there's blood coming out of Nakamura's <laughs> nose. Yeah. That was awkward. But otherwise, <laughs> that was that was super fun. Luke, did you actually watch it last night, or are you starting for you? I believe no, it's okay, it's okay. You, you're not ruining it. So we started watching it, and I don't remember at what point. I just like laid down and was done. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, I, th- I think I almost did that to Mike like yesterday, midnight. so that's fair. I like, definitely I, almost did that to Ben. We finished the yeah. takeover, and we were like, "Oh, let's play a board game." And I was sitting in the chair doing the like baby falling asleep routine. Yeah, whereas I almost did it during the uh, the last match of the night at Takeover. So I mean, it was I had been up since five thirty. We were pretty even. Yeah, and then you woke up early the next day in a podcast for me. Speaking of which, hey. we should probably introduce ourselves. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> hey guys, I'm Mike Fatum. I am the editor in chief of the Ace of Geeks, and I uh, sometimes host this podcast and always host the Ace of Geeks podcast, which is uh, a weekly podcast that's on our site on Fridays. Um. So my name is Ben. Uh, you can hear me on RPOK, another podcast on the Ace of Geeks Network. Uh, I occasionally write news articles, uh, and I also write the Roundup Post, which uh, accompanies this podcast every week. Uh, otherwise, uh, usually I sound a lot more like this when I'm doing RPOK, which is to say I make a lot less sense. It's a lot more jumbled, but we get to talk about really awesome stuff. So now we're doing the same thing here. And hey, I'm Luke. I write on the website, and I am a Tumblr nerd. You can usually find my articles about wrestling or Star Wars or or very frequently Pokemon. Yeah, Luke. I'm a nerd. Luke was in charge of the entire Pokemon week we had, and it was fantastic. And they mm. did a fantastic job. <laughs> if I uh, I'll, I'll, if I stop recording this podcast, assume I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll I'll admit at the end of Pokemon week, I was like, I never thought I'd say this, but I don't want to talk about Pokemon for a while. <laughs> It's, it was like a self-intervention the hard way. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't think that there's such a thing as too much Pokemon at the end of Pokemon Week. You're like, found it. Finally I found, found it. it. I found uh, somewhere in the middle of writing a historical, oh, an article about the historical significance of the Coelacanth uh, while talking about Pokemon at the same time. 
I think we're finally done. I found that moment. Yeah, it's, it's here. Oh, this is it. This is it. This <laughs> yeah. is it. I'm done. I don't want to talk about Relicam. Just <laughs> first time ever. Like, I didn't think I would ever get to a point of not wanting to talk about anyway. So naturally, the topic that we that uh, Luke selected for the morning is Pokemon related. Yep. Hey, hey, Luke. Why don't you talk about Pokemon for a while? Oh, I can do that. Um, because now I've had my my your break. There was there was a break since Pokemon Week. Your, your Pokemon. Uh, so, Pokebatical, if you will. Pokebatical sounds a lot better than Pokeatus. Pokeatus sounds like a disease. It like sounds some like something that, that thing you don't want to talk about. Uh, I was gonna say it. It sounds. It, it, it sounds like something that I'd see a lot of pictures of on Tumblr. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the Pokemon Go beta launched in Japan um, amid like a million problems. Uh, it was pretty bonkers. They. Uh, Initially, when they released the app, and it was super limited who got it, um, they it was just, it wouldn't even open. Uh, but within hours of the app being released, it had been completely data mined. So now we have a lot of details about Pokemon Go, which is kind of nice, because up until now we had that trailer that made it look amazing, yeah. which means that I was like, I am not going to be excited about this, because there's no way it could possibly live up to how cool this trailer is. The hype will continue until it finally rolls out the door and doesn't work. Because with a, yeah. with a mobile app on the scale, it's just, it's not going to work. It, uh, on the first try, it will have be horribly buggy because there's just no way to test for the amount of users that are going to want to use this thing on day one. But due to international copyright laws, it's not. Still, we should run like it is, Godzilla! Though it isn't. We now return you to your regularly scheduled podcast. Thank you for your cooperation, and have a nice day. Hey, folks, we're back. Uh, sorry about that. There was a comet, it crashed into the Earth, we had to fight some zombie dinosaurs, everything's fine now. Uh, can, can you guys just give me a minute to get some of the, the gore off of my look? I'll just... Uh, um, I want, Luke, you were talking about Pokemon. You can just take care of that oh, first. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's go with that. I was. Yes, yes. I can I can take right from there. So, uh, Pokemon Go has been completely data mined, I believe is where I was. And uh, we've got a lot of information about it now and about kind of how the beta and how the app, in theory, is going to be working. Uh, so, some of the more interesting points is that they're are three teams that you can join. They're named after the original three games, Red, Blue, and Yellow. Um, and nice. So that, in Japan, that... are they Red, Blue, and Green? Uh, so I was curious about that, but but on, on the Pokemon Reddit and everything, it always says Red, Blue, and Yellow, uh, oh, which is okay. what the, the three games were called in the U.S. Yeah. Interesting. Isn't that kind of like Ingress, too? Since the Pokemon Go is using Google's Ingress as a model, I think Google used, like, there were, like, either two or three colors of teams, and... You could... uh, it's blue and green. Those are the two. Yeah, teams. Oh, that's and right. Enlightened and the resistance. People, people have pointed out a lot of little things that are very similar to Ingress, which I haven't right. played. So, which is fine. Which I mean, makes that's... sense because it's the same team that's developing. Yeah, so. it's it's re- it's supposed to be actually related. So, yeah, that was the main reason I thought of it anyway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they said yes, we're going to do the thing, and I go, oh, didn't you do the thing before? And... Ingress was an interesting game, though, just because it was so heavily real-world location-based. I had a friend that was playing it that would actively go out of her way on her way to... Not to work, because uh, 
it actually managed to somehow not interfere with her job. But on the way home, she would go and stop by a particular coffee spot if, like, she saw that her area was under attack and just hang out there until she got it back. Yeah, there are people, um, I, I belong to a couple of English groups that I really should go, you know, hang out with more, but, like, they'll they'll have giant, you know, meetups in, like, Redwood City Parks to be like, just make sure we can clear out all the blue portals in here and get the green portals back online. They always post these hilariously wonderful pictures of all these nerds literally, like, sitting in a circle in a park, just on their phones. <laughs> I, I, I view this when Pokemon Go comes out. No matter what, what my feelings are right now, I know that I will be headfirst obsessed with it because it's a Pokemon yeah. thing and that's just how I am. Well, because somewhere in the world there will be a Mewtwo cat. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, a while ago there was Luke a thing spontaneously gets on a plane to Dubai. Mewtwo. <laughs> well, they had said Mewtwo was going to be available at the World Cup or something a while ago and I can't remember if that ever got disproved. But I remember being <laughs> like, oh, you bastards. <laughs> it was bad enough no, when I, Game... It was bad enough that game, GameSpot was handing out news for a while. And that was that was yeah, bad enough because it was like, oh, I have to walk into a GameSpot now. Uh, GameStop, excuse yeah. me. I just, I just flipped a. Game, uh, GameSpot good, GameStop bad. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> we we at I, our I local recant. GameStop, they know me to this point where when I walk in during a Pokemon event, they'll slide me three of the Pokemon, like three of the cards for it. <laughs> like there you go, there you go, yep, and you're done. Oh, <laughs> and I'll be like, that awesome, was easy. I am leaving. <laughs> Thank you. See you later. <laughs> I was bad. I did not yeah. go pick up my Mew in time. See, I think here's going to be my experience with Pokemon Go. That's going to be the exact same experience I had with the uh, Pokemon Google Maps experiment from a few years ago. I am going to turn the app on. I am going to walk to the nearest body of water. I'm going to keep walking around that body of water until I catch myself a Magikarp or a Gyarados. Then I'm going to either evolve a Magikarp and stop playing, or just stop playing because I have a Gyarados. <laughs> You have like, a very the, singular, like, it's not even a Pokemon obsession. It's just a very no, specific and singular thing. No, it's just one Pokemon. I, it, have, have I ever told you where that comes from? N actually, I don't think you have. So I played, um... Because uh, I, too, enjoy Pokemon turning Magikarp Diamond into Gyarados, and Pearl. but... Okay. Yeah, I, I played Pokemon Diamond and Pearl, and one of the first Pokemon I caught was a Magikarp, and so, you know, I knew how that all worked, right. so I worked really hard to evolve him into a Gyarados. Right. Um, and then... There's this house in the game where you can talk to this dude who's like, oh, I can translate what your Pokemon are saying. Just put the Pokemon you want to talk to in the lead of your party. And so I was like, I was rotating out like my Bidoof and like all my other main party members. And I finally put the Giardos in the lead and talked to him. And he, the Giardos goes into this long speech about how like, you know, people misunderstand us and don't trust us. But I feel like Mike really understands me. He'll keep me safe. He's the best Pokemon trainer I've ever known. And I was just like... <laughs> just close zoom up on. I love you, giant water dragon. Close zoom up on Mike with tears just hanging at the yeah. corner of his eyes. I'll protect okay. you. I'll protect you. So I don't. I don't know that I really love Pokemon, but I really love my Gyarados. That's fair. Um, that's there's. I, I've always been amused by the the fitness T-shirts that say "No pain, no gain," but it has Magikarp and Gyarados on it, and I was like, yeah, yeah, work hard. Yeah. Yeah. That's better inspiration than I've had all... Oh, yeah, anyway. Um, Luke, what was your Mewtwo come to Jesus moment? Oh, you mean when I became interested in Mewtwo? Yeah. So, basically, in Pokemon Red and Blue, and I, I had Pokemon Red back in the day with my big brick Game Boy. Nice. Uh, I, had a, I had a blue, I hear you. <laughs> and you, uh, when you, when you get to Cinnabar Island... There's this, there's the Pokemon Mansion, which is this, you know, run down old house and you go through it and you can find all of these journal entries 
from from these scientists, and they talk about oh, about Mewtwo. That's yeah, right. Yeah, about Mewtwo and about Mew. Oh, and I, I remember reading that. it. And this was at a time where I don't think we even had the internet in my parents' home. You know, I think I was in in seventh grade at this time, maybe sixth grade. And so, so you didn't know what was going on. It wasn't like now where you can be like, oh, I can go find that out right now. So I remember reading it being like, oh, I want to know more. I want to know more. I want to know more. I'm really into this idea because it talks about genes. This is actual in-game lore. Yeah, it was really yeah, it was, exciting. It was and then doing what, a better in-game lore job than Destiny. <laughs> <laughs> but when you beat the game, well, when you beat the Elite Four, then you can finally go to Cerulean Cave, which was this cave that previously they wouldn't let you into, and you can catch Mewtwo. And I remember being th- just this moment where I finally get to see Mewtwo and being like, this is it. This is so... I love this thing. And I think that... Ah, uh, payoff! <laughs> I th- and, then, and then, you know, the, the first movie came out, and I think the first movie cemented this... Like, initially, I was like, Mewtwo's probably my favorite Pokemon. I want the trading cards and stuff. And, and then when I saw the Mewtwo movie, Mewtwo can I went, actually talk. Yeah, and it was like, else. oh, oh, I understand Mewtwo in this profound personal level. Because it's kind of about... <laughs> at, at this time where I was really uncertain of who I was as a person, uh, including gender-wise and sexuality-wise, like, I see this Mewtwo who's rejected by his creators, but, you know, in, in the end is able to learn and to grow. And to kind of come into his own, and I think that I, I related to Mewtwo on a very personal level, and which has led to possibly the largest collection of Mewtwo merchandise in the world. Yes, <laughs> which I, which I led to my approve. current predicament where I can't yeah. walk through my living room without running into <laughs> dozens of that Mewtwo's. Is, that is possibly the first time I've ever heard somebody cite Mewtwo as a major inspiration for getting through life. But it makes so much sense when you put it that way, though. Yeah. That's what I love about stuff like that. That's what I love about, you know, even, like, relatively quote-unquote simple games like Pokemon. You can have that moment where it, like, it just reaches inside you and goes, like, nope, this is what your life is going to be now. Right. <laughs> yep, because at, at that moment, everything changed. Well, yeah. and, you, and, and then the Fire Nation attacked. Uh, you never know... <laughs> You never know what part of, uh, like, a fandom or something else is going to be the part that speaks to you until it does. And I think that's one yeah. of the interesting parts because some of the stuff that I'll look back at and be like, man, this is really the thing that I... And then you go back and you watch it and you're like, oh, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> like the original series of Ultron, for example. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing to young Ben. It was absolutely... <laughs> young Ben didn't have cable and got USA and watched it in syndication on vacation in hotel rooms and got more excited about Voltron than about seeing the Smithsonian. <laughs> but really, I mean, that makes sense. Who would be more excited about the Smithsonian than Voltron? Uh, not at that age. It made plenty what of sense. Is, what- one of them has. I swear this know, wasn't last year. The other one is lion, robot lions that transform into a bigger robot lion. Right. I mean. Right. Come on. Now. Pretty much the form blazing sword man with the world. <laughs> I, I also I swear that this was when I was a kid and not last year and I wasn't thirty. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because you have cable now and the internet, so you don't need to go to hotels. It's true. Also, <clears throat> it's it's I mean, okay because I'm I'm 28 HBO. and I have you know an apartment full of Mewtwo's, so it's okay. Oh yeah, not no, I'm not saying obsessions. that that kind of thing doesn't still happen. I just you know, <laughs> I ha- I value the Smithsonian more now than I did as a kid. That's really all I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying I value Voltron less. It hasn't held up well, but I don't value it less. I just value the Smithsonian more. Um, 
Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> before we <laughs> the new Voltron looks pretty good, by the way. The creative team behind it is very exciting. I am very excited about it. The fact that they're it's the same group as that did uh, Legend of Korra is I think really promising to me because it means they know how to build characters and I think that's one of the things that has made Voltron work for me in the past. Like when they did a lot of the comic restarts and things like that, the characters were what made Voltron. Voltron is not what made Voltron as much as Voltron is what made Voltron super fun. Um, it's not what made it engaging and interesting. So I'm, I'm really excited for that. The, the series looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Cool. So uh, speaking of things that used to be dead, that segue just was terrible. <laughs> I should get fired from Segway school. That's... You should fall off your Segway right now. I should. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna attempt to get on a Segway and break my wrist, like everyone who ever owned a Segway. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. Okay. Uh, so Ben. Yes. You have. A oh right, I have a you thing. Talk about Ben. <laughs> um, so we actually we now have the full set of teaser images for the upcoming Spider-Man event, Dead No More, um, which is. Uh, it sounds a lot more dramatic than I feel about it, I will say. Um, not so much because I'm not interested in the content. I am. Uh, I'm generally a big fan of comics, and I actually really like Spider-Man as a character for the most part, uh, despite some of the things they've done to him in the last you know, five years or so. Uh, I generally really enjoy a lot of Spider-Man stories. So I said, okay, what is this? And then it said, dead no more. And I went, so you mean comics always? because <laughs> um, you mean the last 40 60 years of spider-man's character right i was a really big fan of you know barry allen the flash in the past so the phrase dead no more has lost a lot of meaning for me i'm not gonna <laughs> lie uh, so uh, that that part i'm just kind of like oh great it's a yeah okay uh, but the teaser image itself is actually really cool and they released it in six sections over time you've got sort of um uh, there's a background, uh, like a couple of characters like Willie Lumpkin and a couple of other characters that have their their supporting cast that we haven't seen in a while. Uh, Uncle Ben appears in the background, so whether or not that's going to mean anything, it's hard to know, um, because Uncle Ben seems to be the one character that they won't actually bring back so far. Except they did in Spider Verse. In Spider Verse, yeah, but he went back to a different universe and isn't still around. Yeah. Like the ones that have kind of stuck in the the same six one six universe are the ones I'm most worried about. They didn't do that, so I'm like, okay, uh, are they going to now? Can we not? Uh, they've tried a couple times. There's been like clone Uncle Ben's, and there's been like uh, things masquerading as Uncle Ben's, and that's. I mean, the the point is, you know. If Uncle Ben ever came back, he might forgive Peter. Right. And Peter needs to be unforgiven to remain Spider-Man. Right. So they'll never do it. <laughs> like, I like to imagine so. Uh, but Because and, and I guess it's so much more integral to that character than, say, Bucky was to Captain America. Um, yeah. So, uh, um, Some of the other characters that we're seeing, though, are like the Rhino, the Lizard, Electro. Um, we've also got Kane's Scarlet Spider showing up, and yes! it's been a little while. Sorry. Um, Kane's Sorry. Scarlet Spider had a very, yes! very good, like, redemptive anti-hero journey thing going on for a while, so it's really nice to see that character get a little more screen time again. Yeah, I, so I don't know if I've ever told you this, um, but when I was in high school, I was like, I was, Kane was one of my 
favorite characters. And I always had this idea that I was going to one day write a comic book where Kane, you know, came back from the dead and learned to be a good guy and took up the mantle of the Scarlet Spider. And then someone actually wrote it and it exists. And I was so happy for the, like, year we got that comic before they were like, eh, we don't like your dreams anymore, Mike. We tell you what, you got your dream for a year. Isn't that enough? <laughs> the answer is no. Um, you've also got Hobie is the Prowler is back, and Hobie has currently been acting as a sort of stand-in Spider-Man in the comics, which has been really funny to watch because he doesn't have spider powers. And so Spider-Man shows up like, and Hobie can't quip, which is the best part. Um, so Hobie will stand in as Spider-Man and just try to deliver one-liners, and they are the worst one-liners you've ever read. And just, oh, and it's really funny. Um, I think more notable, though, uh, besides these characters and also Madam Web, who is appearing again, which is really, could be could be really interesting. Madam Web can be a lot of fun when she's around. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, more notable is the appearance of not only Gwen Stacy, which seems significant, yeah. but also the appearance of Dr. Octopus, who... Very significant. Very significant, although, I mean, he had died all of like a year and a half ago, maybe. <laughs> um, so it just shows you that comics are just moving on an ever faster rotation of who is and isn't dead at any given time. Um, Comic book. Comics! Um, you know, the, for the longest time, the, the loose rule was uh, every, nobody stays dead except for Uncle Ben, Barry Allen, and Bucky. And then they broke all of those the last two decades. I, I'll give I'll give Uncle Ben a halfway pass. Uh, everybody yeah. else is alive and kicking in their respective comic book universes. And now the the next the next one was uh, everybody stays dead but Jean Grey, which was a uh, or <laughs> doesn't stay dead but Jean Grey, uh, which was really funny given that Jean Grey was Phoenix. Yeah. So they brought a teenage Jean Grey back from the past in order to. So anyway, this really turned into a rant about comic book death. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Basically, as comic book death was permanent right up until they brought Jean Grey back the first time. And then all of a sudden everybody was like, wait, you mean we can kill characters for ratings and then bring them back next year for more ratings? Right. Wait, we can do this every time? <laughs> Forever? I'm actually I'm genuinely surprised that Wolverine is still dead. I mean, I know there's old man Logan right, wandering like, around, which is probably why he's still dead. But... Original Wolverine is still dead, which is... yeah rather surprising well and they've like they did the legacy thing with x23 and yep. along with a bunch of other characters in marvel which has been sort of marvel's method of diversifying so like i think Ni yeah. i think nick fury's either in hiding or dead right now i'm not sure which yeah his sort of son and his son nick fury, nick fury jr who basically <laughs> looks just like samuel L. jackson strangely um, and it's really funny because they treat him just like he's regular fury most of the time and then once in a while like you know, Natasha will make a comment about his dad, and you go, yeah. "Right, right, okay, right." They didn't just we, we didn't just, we didn't just palette we didn't just put a new colorway on Nick Fury. You didn't just unlock an additional <laughs> outfit. Okay, so, oh boy, keep forgetting. Uh, today on the podcast, we refer to someone's race as an outfit in a video game. Yep. <laughs> Please send hate mail directly to. I'll ben take that. Friedley I'll take that. That's all mine. Um, <laughs> Uh, well, and it was well, it was funny because like that was how uh, easy it was to change the character in the end, uh, as much as people would yeah. like to imagine otherwise. Like really, you could have just done that, and it would have been fine, in a way. Yeah. Uh, like from a story perspective, I would have been mad about it, but not because it happened, just because they didn't explain it. Uh, but um, they kind of went another route and said, "Well, we are going to go ahead and do this thing, um, and we're going to do this thing, but we're going to do it by having you know 
since Nick has an immortality formula, we can do the one thing, and then he can have an adult child who is actually almost looks like he's the same age. And on second thought, we're just going to tell you what. Okay. Well, anyway, he's Fury now. Hey, guys. Hey, hey guys. Coulson's in the comics now. This is true. Focus on Coulson that. and May are both in the <laughs> comics now, which is super yeah. exciting. Actually, the whole team is in the comics now. They started doing an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. This comic. Is true. This is true. And it's fun. Um, uh, Daisy Johnson is also now in a lot of video games. Yes. So that's been an interesting uh, jump ahead because uh, I think Quake existed before as a minor character. She did. She was she was the main character of Secret Warriors. Oh, okay. Um, oh, but man. that never like you know that was never a big selling comic. Right. And then I'm sure you know once the writers were like we need to make Daisy someone, Marvel was like here's a list of characters you can use, and it was like no one huge. And they were like Quake seems interesting. Right. <laughs> aha. She's actually. Aha. <laughs> yeah, but it's fun because now Quake is in like Contest of Champions. Quake has now appeared in Marvel Puzzle Quest. Quake is now in Avengers Academy. So, yeah, that I mean that bodes well for people who really like the TV universe, and it may bode poorly for people who don't want to see the TV universe and comic book universes collide too much. And frankly, I'm kind of good with both. As long as it's, not, it's done, you know, in a non like completely artless way. Like when the first X Men movie came out, I remember like two months later. There was an X-Men comic where the Brotherhood of Mutants showed up, and all inexplicably suddenly looked like their movie counterparts. Yeah. Like, Toad was Ray Park, yeah. suddenly. For no <laughs> reason. Just like, just like, uh, guys? Wait. You, you, what? <laughs> what? Right. Well, and I mean, you know, Xavier started looking more like Patrick Stewart for a period of time, but I was okay yeah. with that. Because I like Patrick Stewart a lot. Um, also, I watched Star Trek. Anyway. Uh, Luke, Ben, talk about yourselves. <laughs> soda radish, watermelon, soda radish, watermelon. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually think I've kind of hit the end of the the comic train of thought because really, like the the news itself is just look at these characters that were dead. They're about to not be. Aren't you excited? And like, um, I guess, kind of. I admit that I'm incredibly far behind on Mar like like not even remotely up to date on any Marvel comic books. Oh yeah, that was that was the worst info dump just now. I'm sure. Like, <laughs> that was why what I kind of just I got quiet and I was like, I'm just gonna let this happen. I I, I have yep. no input. <laughs> I think. Sorry about that. No, hold no, on, no, it had time. to happen. <laughs> just hold on a second. I think Ben has opinions. <laughs> Let's just get this out of the way now. <laughs> but those are my favorite opinions. <laughs> Ben Pinions and Luke Pinions. Oh, Benions. <laughs> Benigans. The oh, Bananigans. Do 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 Phenomenal. Anyway. <laughs> uh, Mike, please find a topic before you let me talk okay. anymore. Okay, I will. I'll do that now. Um, so uh, there was an experiment, and that's my favorite way to start a sentence. By the way, is there was an experiment. Lightning in the background effect. Uh Yes. Um, so there was this art piece um, being created called at the uh, Museum of Modern Art in New York uh, called Victimless Leather. And it was a tiny, tiny um, jacket being grown inside a bubble. And if you look at the picture of it, it is really weird looking. But it looks like a science experiment that Dr. Octopus would work on, actually. Um, well played. And, okay, so... It's made of living tissue, and it's designed using stem cells, I think, um, to grow in the shape of a jacket. So, like, you go to the exhibit and you see, oh, like, someone's literally growing a leather jacket out of stem cells. That's pretty cool. 
Uh, the problem was something went wrong with the experiment. Maybe they fed it too many nutrients or something like that. The jacket grew out of control and had to be killed. <laughs> Which is just that I th- the most wonderful, like, mad science thing. Like, there, there was a museum curator who had to decide that today I'm going to kill this jacket. I'm because it is literally losing sleep stopped. over a jacket. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> and incredibly uh, interesting, but also like uh, yeah, and super crazy. Well, the artists who built it were were in Australia and had just sent the experiment to New York. So the museum's curator, who's the I guess head of the MoMA's architecture and design department, her name's uh, Paola Antonelli, had to in the middle of a sleepless night make the decision to just murder this jacket before it could grow out of control and kill itself. See, now I just imagine somebody taking like a just a knife and going at it like a jacket. Just like a knife and a jacket, which is like he, she comes in in the middle of the night and the jacket's just like floating in the middle of space like welcome child put on the jacket the, the, the jacket just floats come. there just like oh hello have you come to say hello to me jacket today and yes what is, what and is also that knife goodbye in what no no <laughs> I was so young I had so much left to jacket <laughs> My seams were so fresh and intact. I'd just grown them myself. No. Wear me. I smell a little bit like uncooked beans. <laughs> <laughs> gross. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know that I'd ever want to wear a grown leather jacket. Maybe I would. I don't actually. know. Um, I think if it were more commonplace and we knew more about it, I might be less confused and weirded out. Um, I don't know that I am completely confused and weirded out yet, but... The, the topic just, the, the way the headlines end up phrasing it was just so absurd. It's so wonderful, absurd. It, right. That's like art right there. Pretty much. It was really hard for me to like, okay, I'll read this and I'll, and I'll just, what happened? <laughs> um, but it's such a weird like moral quandary you never thought you would have. Yeah. Like, how do I decide whether or not this jacket has a right to live? Yep. And, uh, uh, you know, science fiction stories have been made out of less. Oh, God, yeah. I'm sure there's someone fa- furiously writing a sci-fi story about this. My right gosh, now. it's a modern art fanfic. I was about to say, <laughs> I, I, I am writing a crossover fanfic as we speak. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. Yes, you are. Don't lie. And so... Luke, when Luke it, has never met a crossover fanfiction that they haven't. No, it's Special Agent Fox Mulder X Tiny Stem Cell Jacket. <laughs> oh damn it! But Mold, but Mulder, what about uh, what about your love for Scully? To hell with Scully! I'm a jacket sexual now. <laughs> I I just I actually started thinking about this and was like, ah oh, damn it! That uh, there there is an X Files fanfic in here. That's, yeah. <laughs> I hate talking I to l- Mike about fanfiction. I literally heard the slash in your voice just appear. Um, that's okay. That's, I can't talk about fanfic, so. Actually, you guys should write a fanfic together. Ben wrote a really good fan of Power Rangers fanfiction when we were in college. Ta-da. It was pretty great. It was fun. I still have all those notes around somewhere. I wrote I a Power Rangers time. fanfic once from uh, Operation Overdrive. What? I don't want to talk about it. Why? I don't want to talk about it. Of all the seasons to have chosen. <laughs> Who was it in Operation Overdrive that, like, inspired your fanfic writing? What, what is it? Is his name Mac the Robot? 
Alright, as long as it wasn't Sega Bed Day. Oh. Yeah. Token no. Sixth Ranger. Just it's always Token Sixth Ranger because they're dark and broody. Um <laughs> You understand me, Token Sixth Ranger. <laughs> you don't like anyone, but you understand me. <laughs> it's like uh um, Edge and Christian did a video a while back that was like shit the WWE universe says. And one of them was a guy in a Kevin Owens shirt going, I understand you, Kevin Owens, not like all these other marks. (laughs) 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 Oh, it hurts. It hurts so good. good. Let's face it. It hurts like a jacket growing out of control in your mind. Right, I'm leaving. And uh, (laughs) so this has been real, folks. Yeah, you're great, guys. And I got to. You know, if that actually works, though, that would be super cool. Like, to be able... I, I know we've been talking about it for, for like, you know, decades and not actually able to pull it off, but as soon as they can actually, like, grow meat without having to actually, like, kill an animal to get it, that is going to be so awesome. Because I don't want to give up my hamburgers ever. But also yeah. cows are very cute and fun to pet. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they are. Yeah, no, that's... The, uh, the, the meat eater's dilemma in a society where they don't have to make their own. Yes. Indeed. Yeah. I'm, that, I'm that horrible person that will eat lamb curry... And then start talking about times that I've met lambs, or how cute lambs are, or how fluffy they are. Everyone else at the table just, like, quietly pushes the curry away, then climbs under the table to cry under it for a minute. (laughs) Yep. But Luke is still just at the table, like, yeah, and then, you know, they're just as cute as they are delicious. I know exactly what I gained the ability. I used to take, like, a solid block of nine straight hours of science classes when I was at the University of Oregon State. Uh, Nailed it. And I would have to eat lunch <laughs> during my classes. So I got really good at having to, like, frantically eat food while talking about just gross stuff. <laughs> I remember once um, I was in a dance concert in elementary school. And we, you know, we, the dance concerts took place at the local high school. And our dressing room was the science room. And all of us together, you know, after we'd done changing, were like, Hey, what's this under this tarp? We lift the tarp, and it's a half-dissected cat. Oh. And we're all just like, oh, well, I'm never going to sleep again. Yeah. <laughs> well, this was interesting. Good luck. We'll all be talking about this at 4 a.m. when we can't go to bed. Yeah, we'll all be... This is going to be therapy for the rest yeah, of the I was going to say, there's the line. There it is. Yeah. Thought... That's where it what Wasn't happened. sure. Found it. <laughs> can't sleep. I will eat cow. Can't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was also the room where I beat my first ever video game, which was Kirby's Dreamland on the original Game Boy. Nice. I'm really bad yeah. at platformers. I respect that a great deal. And Kirby's Dreamland is the easiest platformer, though. Like, you don't have to know, know anything. Like I'm really bad at platformers, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Nonsense. I've seen you in the Vault of Glass. Oh, wait, you are really bad at platformers. Uh-huh. Remember, <laughs> which one of us is always the last person to make it over the platforms to the end? Luke? What? <laughs> <laughs> Not metaphorically. I see. I know. I, I know when there's silence on Luke's end that, that means they're probably already writing their trench coat fan fiction. So I just like to check in every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, it's a trench coat now? Oh, it grew up. <laughs> well, we can't have it just be like a like a halfway jacket. That would be underage fic, and that's. Oh no! Oh. <laughs> The, ja- oh. the jacket has to be at least 18 years old. 18 figurative jacket years, which is decided on by a set of government regulation. 
<laughs> based on the growth rate of the stem cells. And by the way, we're all terrible. <laughs> Today I, on the I jacket roundup, we... otherwise. Oh man, um, who, who wants who right. wants to write the synopsis for this episode? I think Ben just fallen. Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to. Okay, so. Um, I actually will just throw out another piece of news here then, um, yeah, yeah, go because for it. Have, that's getting me away from this topic. Um, uh, so we've actually got a some more casting news for Marvel, um, and this is the side of Marvel that I've been really excited about lately, which is their TV side. Um, they've been doing a lot of really fun work, and uh, they've been telling a lot of really great stories, and thanks to Netflix, they've been getting to tell a lot more in a serial format, which has been really neat. So one of those that's coming up is Iron Fist. Um, as a half Asian man, I will little, skip a lot of talking about Iron Fist. A little bit of controversy. A little, little bit. A little bit of controversy. Just going to quietly step right over that. Um, yeah. But we do actually now have an East Asian cast member to Iron Fist. Jessica Henwick from Game of Thrones and Force Awakens is going to be playing Colleen Wing. Uh, Colleen Wing has kind of traditionally always been paired with Misty Knight. Uh, the two of them have always had sort of a. A very sisterly, best friendly relationship in the comics, and um, the two have always really kind of let each other grow as characters very well. As far as getting to, one getting to bring out a side of character and the other that's different, um, and it's very hard to imagine either existing without the other. So when Misty Knight was announced as being part of Luke Cage, um, I was really curious whether Colleen Wing was going to get to make an appearance, and it looks like, well, she is as of Iron Fist. Yep. She may not be showing up in Luke Cage, but she's going to be around, which is great. Um, Colleen Wing which please, is... Which, by the way, please means let's, let's just have a Misty Knight and Colleen Wing mini Oh, man! Please do just, that. <laughs> it's so obvious. Just Heroes for Hire just needs to be a series. Yes. Which actually... Absolutely. Which totally feasibly could happen, especially with the way they handled Jessica Jones. Like, I have pretty good confidence that they'd be fine. <laughs> um, so that's been, that's been interesting news. Um, and it's fun, too, because uh, Jessica Henwick is actually of, like, at least partially East Asian descent. And Colleen Wing is an Asian character. And so, you know, but she's an Asian character with red hair named Colleen, which has always been who's interesting for me. Who's often drawn, like, pretty white. Who's often drawn really, really white. Asian part. Yeah, and I'm fairly certain that she's part Asian. Like, I'm, I'm not totally clear on that, <laughs> whether she's, like... Wikipedia. Yeah, well, that's that's why. Wikipedia has, has muddled things for me more, because I think that she gets drawn a lot of the time like she is half Asian, or part white, yeah. and also her name is Colleen, and she has red hair. Um, oh, well, the picture they picked for her on Wikipedia is maybe the worst picture they could have possibly picked. It's not great. Yeah. Yeah. But um, it's, Colleen's interesting because she'll get drawn a lot of different ways because uh, artists don't seem to know what to do with her, which seems somehow telling. Um, okay, well, her mother was Japanese, so clearly she's at least half. Oh, and her uh, father... Her father was named Professor Lee Wing, which sounds awfully like an Asian name. Yep. Uh, Wing Lee is actually my grandfather's name. Oh, really? Uh, sort of. Um, the, the, the Chinese name. He was born here, so it's not actually as Lee. And long, and long story. Anyway, uh, I got a kick <laughs> out of that. But uh, last name was Lee in that case, though. That's Ben Lee. So it's a whole... <laughs> so anyway, I'm really excited about the casting on this show now. Uh, I, I still have my qualms with uh, with Finn Jones, but I'm not totally against it because 
it's of various reasons that I'm not going to get into because I'll start a whole argument. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure that he was like you know. I'm sure they picked the guy because he's a really good actor for the role. Sure. And I, as much as I disagree, I understand why they cast a white guy. But it really sucks that they cast like in response to the hey maybe you shouldn't cast a white guy for this. They cast the blondest, blue-eyedest white guy they could find. Right. <laughs> like it, he is the definition of whiteness. It, it feels spiteful in that context, but really, it's probably not. And you know, there's something to be yeah. said for well, this is what the character looks like, and. So we're going to use that. I'm like, yes, because that worked out really well for Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> so, really, so it's fine. Uh, but, you know, with that said, I do think it's probably going to be a good show. Finn Jones is a great actor. Um, I'm not too worried about that aspect of it. And Marvel has shown that they can handle their material well. So I'm hoping that they find a way to kind of address that in the material without actually addressing it in the casting. So we'll see. I mean, I'll, yeah. I'm. I will get around to watching it eventually because that's how I watch everything. But uh, I'm not going to, you know, there are some things that they're superhero related and you look at it and you go, I think I'm going to rule this one out. Uh, all the Netflix series have looked really good so far. And yeah. I'm, I'm actually the, really excited for it. Did you guys see the short teaser for um, Luke Cage? Oh, no, there's one out now. I didn't even know. If you finish all of Daredevil, you get access to it on Netflix. Um, and it's really short, but it's a very different tone from, uh, your, from the uh, Daredevil and Jessica Jones. It's not like... Like, his logo comes in and they start playing, like, kick-ass 70s, like, Shaft music. And, like... Because that's so the spirit which Luke Cage was originally created. Oh, yeah. yeah when he exactly. was Power Man. So, I'm really hoping that it's, like... His name was Power a Man. more lighthearted adventure series. Um, although it still would be awesome to have all the drama and wonderfulness that Netflix has been giving us for the other two shows. Sure, but, but you know, nuance. You can make that happen yeah. anyway. Yeah. But it'd be you fun. can do all those things. I, it, it can be fun and still have a very strong character standpoint to it, especially because that's what, like, Luke Cage is all heart as a character. Yeah. I mean, he adopted an entire group of supervillains when they decided to be heroes for a while and basically just tried to run that. It didn't go great, but it was hilarious. Um, and it was actually really, and he had a really lot of really good character arcs leading the Thunderbolts. So... Yeah. Luke Cage is a fun character. Basically, at some point, Brian Michael Bendis was like, this character is going to become a real character now. I'm going to make this happen. <laughs> I'm a real boy. <laughs> He's going to stop saying Sweet Christmas, except when I tell him to say Sweet Christmas. Except, I love the way they explain that in the comics lately. He's, he's gone back to saying Sweet Christmas and some things a little bit, because he has a kid now. Yeah, swear, he can't swear in front of the kid because she keeps picking up the swear words. <laughs> right. So, it's like, oh, that see, now it's totally reasonable. <laughs> I still have uh, like somewhere. I don't know if I still have them in the house, but for a while I had uh, issues of Power Man Luke Cage when he was still in the you know like open front yellow shirt and had like the random chains around his um, waist and the like the big shiny bracers and I, I really like where Luke has gone as a character. Me too. So I'm I, although I would still love to see. I might might want to someday make a fan film of like cheesy 70s grindhouse like Luke Cage and Iron Fist versus Fing Fang Foo. Well, where do you think Misty Knight came from originally? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And, you know, she still gets to keep the afro, which is great, honestly, because uh, I appreciate that she gets to, you know, be like, no, this is is how my hair works. Thank you very much. (laughs) Uh, But she still has a lot of that, like, that 70s style grindhouse kick-ass character just updated a little bit with a bionic arm because she's Misty Knight and has a bionic arm. Of course she does. Of course. Why not? Her her Heroes for Hire series was great when they had, that was running for a while. Yeah. I think it was like five or six years ago. I think so, but it was that was a really fun series. And Colleen was in yeah. that one, too. Yeah. Which is why, a lot of, based on the artwork, a lot of people thought she was white for a while. <laughs> um, 
No, I, I actually, I have a soft spot for almost all of these characters, especially the way they've been portrayed in the comics lately, where uh, they've let Iron Fist be a little more of a playboy, and they've let Luke be a little bit more of a dad, and they've let each of yeah. them grow up a lot, and the, a lot of those parts of the characters are, have been bleeding over into these series that Marvel's doing, and not the older stereotypes of, you know, of uh, Glimmer and everybody else, so I'm actually, I'm actually really excited. Yeah, I'm super excited to see what they do with it. It sounds like it's going to be really fun. Right, Luke? Yes. <laughs> hey, Luke, you should pick a topic next so that I stop feeling really bad about standing on You're top not, of this conversation. I, you know, when there's, when, there's a, when there's a podcast conversation, I always feel like less like it's the person who's talking a lot who's who's talking over everybody else and more that it's like the pe- there's just people who sometimes don't talk on podcasts. Oh, well, I mean... I I, I admit though I'm just I'm just way behind on on Marvel yeah. news. So yeah, we've established that if we give Luke a Pokemon topic, Luke will talk plenty. So I'm not even worried about exactly. it. Exactly. But I, I can still feel a little bit bad. Gosh. Gosh, <laughs> you guys. Over you. Uh, but Luke, you had a backup topic. I did. Right? I did, and it's not Pokemon. What? <laughs> I mean, Shock. Get out. it could be tangentially related to. Yeah, go for it. I, I could, I, I could, I could probably work this in. <laughs> I can work Pokemon into right. any topic. I, expe- I expect five thousand words about how this relates to Pokemon on my desk. <laughs> but and so. pictures of Spider-Man. Oh well, see, I can tangentially relate to that. So oh. I have Why? pictures of a spider. <laughs> that was that, that was that was a that was a that was a poor segue. You're like you like was, half of the way there. That was there. not as bad as my segue earlier though. <laughs> um, but so uh they've just they've released a lot of a lot of uh pictures of this 305 million year old fossil that they're kind of debating might be a missing link in spiders. It's not a true spider, but it it evolutionarily it might be just before the spider uh on on on, it, on the chain. You can certainly see the relation, but yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I pulled up the the picture that you had in the article, and wow, it's it, like it's really close though. Like you look at it and you oh, go, yeah. "That looks like a spider or it's, a very tiny crab." It's super close. The big thing is is that they they don't think it has spinnerets, uh, which is okay. sort of what they think that it could have built silk, but it doesn't have the spinnerets, which are what spiders use to build silk. And so you right. know, it's kind of. Okay, well, well, it's right before the spider, evolutionarily maybe, but it's three hundred and five million years old, which is <laughs> super cool uh, because that dates it into the yeah. Carboniferous. That's uh, something like sixty million years, I think. Uh, I, I think I might be even off a little bit there before dinosaurs, for example. Mm-hmm. Like so- at, at this time, there weren't even it. Th- there weren't really even like land vertebrates. <laughs> so spiders have been freaking us out longer than anything else. Yeah. Spiders were freaking us out before there was an us to freak out. Yes. Yeah. Nailed it. Yeah, it's, it's this little guy that was only, he's 1.5 centimeters long. Oh. oh. So he's, he's, he's just a little, he's just a little guy. He's, you know, he's not, he's not going <laughs> to scare you until he gets in your hair. Or it sneaks out <laughs> from like, under your bathtub when you aren't expecting it. What is it. this tiny thing in my hair? Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, what are those? Sorry. I, I had to do it. What is that? What are those? Oh, boy. That's really neat, though. Like, the evolutionary missing link stuff is always really interesting because um, there's you, you always see it as this, like, separate and completely disparate time period. Like, oh, there's now and then there's then. You're like, no, actually, yeah. see, they're all threads that lead together. You know how we talk about 
there were dinosaurs then, yeah, they're birds now. That's yeah. still a thing. And, like, then, it's, everybody thinks of then as, like, this time period where, like, T-Rex hung out with Stegosaurus. And it's like, also, no, that actually, didn't that's work. like millions of, millions of years between the creatures that we all right. and want to be hanging out with. I think at least <laughs> in the Western mindset, a part of it might come from, from uh, generations where, where the antediluvian myth was really heavily believed that, you know, they thought, oh, okay, well, there was then and there was now, and between then and now, there was this flood that wrecked oh, the right. world. Yeah. Um, I, Fair point. Yeah. So I, I think that that's where that mindset comes from. Oh, and, those and now, dinosaurs pre-flood. Yeah. Now now we're trying to work that out. You know, we're trying to Other stuff? work pre-flood. out the idea that all of these animals are antediluvian and more that. No, no, they totally. Like this all happened on a spectrum over time. Yeah, yeah. yeah it wasn't. There, there, there isn't an immediate point where it's like, oh, yes. And then, and then there weren't dinosaurs and there were fully formed human beings. Just boom. Out of nowhere. Yes. It's like it's dinosaurs, asteroid, humans moved into town. That's exactly how it happened. Sure. (laughs) That seems reasonable. Well, there was a new theory I was reading about dinosaurs the other day that um, uh, somebody was saying instead of an asteroid, it's possible the Earth passed through a really dense space cloud, um, and that's what killed the uh, dinosaurs. I could. That also sounds like something out of the X Files. It does. (laughs) It does. (laughs) <laughs> this is getting. This is getting. I'm, I'm picturing Mulder in his meat coat, <laughs> <laughs> reading this article. <laughs> Mulder, you mean Mulder talking to his meat coat, reading this article? Yes. Well, I was. I, I'm and picturing him wearing insight. the meat coat, but yes, he has, to, he has to wear the meat coat to uh, to you know consummate their. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Of course. And no, I'm not going down that road. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I always found uh, invertebrate evolution to be particularly interesting. Uh, because that is the nerdiest sentence anyone's ever said. It is. I appreciated that. Uh, me too. That's a great sentence, and I wish I wish I knew more people who said things like "I always found invertebrate evolution to be particularly fascinating." But I'm glad I know you. See, that's what I'm here for. I can talk about Pokemon, and I can talk about extremely nerdy zoology topics. Uh, these seem directly related. Little bit. Yeah. Little bit. That's actually kind of the same thing. <laughs> but, it's uh, like there's there's zoology and then there's cryptozoology and then the step back to that is like poke biology, pokeology. No. <laughs> Why does everything I try to make sound sexy? <laughs> <laughs> but I just always thought that you know it's it's the earliest point in which things kind of diverged into into two animal. You know, we have vertebrates and we have invertebrates, and that goes so much earlier than, like, you know, millions of years after this. We can find, oh, this is how we and the Tyrannosaurus Rex are related. You know, we can find a common ancestor with that, but you have to go back hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of million years to find common ancestors between vertebrates and invertebrates. Mm, and, and it's it's yeah. so interesting because we, we're still finding things like this because we didn't have the ability to look for tiny 1.5 centimeter fossils before. Yeah, it's amazing. Like, think of all of the things that we've lost that we've overlooked because they were just tiny like this. But mm-hmm. by the time the, uh, yeah. the first terrestrial invertebrates moved up out of the ocean, uh, there were already fully formed arthropods on land. So we already had dragonflies, we already had spiders, we are we already had all of these just really cool animals that that were, you know, very oh, clearly weird. related to how they are today. So what you're trying to say yeah, is that so we're drastically true. behind. Yes. <laughs> Keep up, well, people. Spiders will inherit the earth. 
I I firmly believe this. <laughs> <laughs> one one where I read a smash cut to like ten thousand years from now or ten million years from now, and there's this spider wearing a suit and a very jaunty hat, like dusting off human fossils, going. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this! Millions of years ago, it's like we'd never even known. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Well. We might as well move on to our last topic now. Um, you know what would be a really great way to destroy a living jacket bent on destroying the world? Any means necessary? <laughs> a thermite cannon. That qualifies as any means necessary. <laughs> that, that would do the job. So there's this guy who made this YouTube video. He doesn't show how he made it, which is probably smart. That probably just as well. Uh, but he built, yeah, he built a thermite cannon. And those of you who don't know what thermite is, it's basically this substance that when it catches fire, it burns really hot and really fast. The Mythbusters use it a lot to destroy things. Mm. Um, and uh, this guy will light the thermite on fire and then fire it out of his cannon at different objects. And the problem you can see quickly as you watch the video is that the thermite never lands on what he's shooting at. It always bounces off in like a single block of thermite and lands on the floor of his garage. Oh my god. <laughs> and then he laughs maniacally and I'm like, you're burning your garage. <laughs> <laughs> like how much insurance did you take out on your house prior to attempting this experiment? All of it? Oh, none? All of the okay. insurance? <laughs> oh, none insurance. Oh, yeah, that's, that you seems just, promising. Sure. You just you just bought a uh, YouTube, or you just signed up for a YouTube account and figured that would cover it. That's <laughs> <laughs> so I figure if I try to blow up my house enough, YouTube will get enough views to make me famous. I won't have a house, but I'll be it's famous. Actually, it's, so, it's so funny how the era of YouTube has changed things for us. Like, I had friends in high school that would totally have built a thermite cannon. But they would never have gotten on YouTube and gotten famous for it. They would have just set their parents' backyard on fire. I mean, and now you can do both. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, now you can do it and be like, well, I'm trying to get my career off the ground, as opposed to just, I really like fire, Mom. <laughs> so, Mom, fire's really cool. I'd like to make more of it faster <laughs> and have it go farther and also explode. I know. We'll use a thermite. Cannon. Do you think this will get where me first get place the at the science fair? Where, where do you even get thermite? Now that I think about it, like, is that a thing you can just buy? And if so, why do I not have a lot of thermite? I'm I am looking online right now. That's <laughs> that'll get you on a watch list somewhere. Yep. Oh, Luke's already on every watch. Yeah, list I'm pretty. Somewhere. I'm pretty sure I can. <laughs> I was gonna say anybody that both writes and does zoology has probably gotten on a watch list at some point in their life. Yeah. So because the things that you end up searching. <laughs> I started searching I love, where can uh, I buy thermite and one of the options was just where can I buy some thermite <laughs> just very casual <laughs> gotta get some thermite hey guys hey guys where can I get some thermite ah, this is, well, oh, I have oh. wiki how two easy ways to make thermite with pictures oh god that should end great I'm gonna, te I'm gonna <laughs> text this to Mike and I see nothing that can go wrong with it <laughs> I just bought this house. I don't want to burn it down. <laughs> That's weird. It's oh well. Weren't you still making payments on your? Uh, nope, nope. Thermite. Well, that's on fire. <laughs> Everything's on fire. Everything's, Everything's cool, burning, burning out of control. Really <laughs> Everything's yeah. on fire. Why did you do this? The, the, the number two. Uh, by the way, step on this is wear a welding mask for completely protecting, but sunglasses at the very least. <laughs> oh 
Oh, this is going to be a good day. Hello, did you bring your welding mask? Oh, I've got these Ray-Bans. You'll be fine. I don't even have Ray-Bans. I've got Denver the Last Dinosaur plastic sunglasses. Good. You're set. They'll do the job. Oh, Luke actually did text this to me. Oh, yeah. Just like, I'm going to have to look at it now. Just like like a music, 50s music in the background. So you want to make thermite. Well, slugger, you're going to need a little bit of protective equipment there. Select your site carefully. Make sure there is nothing that can burn within a four meter radius of the reaction. Oh, God. <laughs> Pour the mixture into a strong container, such as a cast iron container or clay flower pot. Note that if you ignite the thermite, it will melt through the cast iron. <laughs> oh. Oh, man. So, okay. Did they tell you what the... Oh, that's interesting. It's just made of different things that I'm not going to list out in this public podcast. <laughs> right. Uh, also, it's publicly available information at this point, but just as well. Yeah. Let's just not contribute right. to that. Well, now that we've set our plans to burn the world down one... Uh, one accident at a this time. is the Ace of Geeks. We'd like to crusade for thermite awareness. <laughs> I feel like someone listening to this podcast is going, "Oh, ancient spiders! That's frightening. Oh, I better start thinking of thermite. a way that I can that I can cleanse the world of this." Oh, conveniently, <laughs> now they're going to teach me how to make thermite. <laughs> this is essentially like Do you want most... supervillains because this is how you get supervillains. Right. <laughs> Do you want to get supervillains? Because this is how you get. All right, so it's... That's actually something that I said at a podcast, at a LARP the other day. I was playing a character who's had a jetpack and was basically a mad scientist but a nice guy, and everybody kept <laughs> treating him like crap and trying to kill him, and I was like, do you want supervillains? Because this is how you get supervillains. Oh my god, you were Archer. Yeah. For a second. I was. That was great. Thank you. <laughs> I don't think you told me about that at the time. It was wonderful. Oh, man. Um, I just so, yeah. I feel like this is the, a logical extension of the uh, the classic spiders followed by an all capitals kill it kill it kill it with fire. Kill it kill it kill it with thermite. Exactly. I'm going to oh, yeah. I'm going to start using that. Yeah. So, ah, kill it with thermite. Wait, what? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> no. Nothing. I don't have a packet of something in my hand. I'm not wearing a pair of sunglasses for any particular reason. <laughs> Why are you wearing such thick sunglasses? What's that in your hand, and why are you throwing it at me? <laughs> What's that in your no hand? Reason. Just barehanding with thermite. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Do you want super villains? Because this is how you, how you get villains. super villains. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, thank you guys very much for joining me for this episode of Geeky Roundup. Uh, folks, if you want more awesome stuff, uh, you can go to uh, aceofgeeks.net. We've got articles every day. We've got... Uh, uh, two other podcasts, the Ace of Geeks podcast, which is myself and Jaris, the other co-founder, every week um, uh, talking about awesome stuff. The newest episode came out, um, I will say last Saturday rather than yesterday, because I'm not sure if this article is going up on Sunday or not. Um, and uh, we've also got RPOK, which Ben can describe. Uh, RPOK is a, it's just a podcast about stories at its core. Um, we like to talk about the way that storytelling uh, shows itself in games and on the way that we play tabletop games too because uh, all three of us, myself and my friends Chris and Zach, uh, really like to play both tabletop and video games and especially ones that have a good story, built out characters so we just like to talk about how that happens and what makes a good one and even sometimes what makes a bad one and there's a lot of terrible jokes in the meantime and butts, there's usually butts Today on Geek Roundup, Ben is better at describing podcasts than butts <laughs> 
That's one. <laughs> Quick, Ben, describe the Ace of Geeks podcast. So the Ace of Geeks podcast is... Wait, wait, no. Wait, no. <laughs> uh, we've also got a YouTube channel, which is getting new seasons of shows pretty soon. Uh, we, twit- we stream on Twitch three times a week, so you can check that out there. Um, and uh, if you really like the show... Feel free to leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you found us. That'll help more people find the show. So uh, thank you, Luke, and thank you, Ben. And Glad thank to be you, here. Mike. And uh, we will see you guys next episode.